Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, yo, Fro Wrestling Podcast listeners, welcome to the show where we don't sing it, we bring it. Help us out and click subscribe to show your support. And if you are a YouTube member, make sure you click the bell to enable notifications every time a new episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast goes live. Make sure to follow us on our Discord community, Fro Wrestling on Discord. And make sure you stop by www.tsj101sports.com The Fro Wrestling Podcast is the official podcast of TSJ Sports. They bring you all the latest news and rumors in all major sports, including professional wrestling. Are you sick and tired of dropping $60 to $100 for the latest and greatest wrestling video game? Stop immediately. Go to Wrestler Unstoppable, available exclusively through Facebook. Create your wrestler. Sign contracts. Get involved in storylines headline pay-per-views, even build your own corporation, all included in Wrestler Unstoppable, available now to all Facebook users totally free. You can even download their app from the App Store. Check out Wrestler Unstoppable. If you want to become a member of the Fro Wrestling Podcast family, you want your name in the shout-outs like Mike and Lansdale, then check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast to sign up today. Don't forget our loyalty rewards program Any $15 a month contributor gets to co-host an episode of Going Live with me. And our $7.50 a month contributors, you can get entered into a drawing to also co-host an episode of a live episode. Hello everybody, welcome to this live episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast. We'll be taking questions, comments, anything you want to touch on, the day's news, the rumors, whatever you want to talk about through whatever streaming service you use to access the show. If you're a little shy, don't want to get on the air, you want to send us something for a future episode, we have a way to do that. The Fro Wrestling Sound Offline text or call in to 267-642-1160. It's a great way you can give us your questions, your comments, anything you would like us to get into, and we can try to get to as many as we can in a future episode. Make sure in either event, however you contact us, let us know who you are so we can 
can get you credit in the show for the questions and comments that you want to put out there. Don't forget, if you're new to the Fro Wrestling Podcast, you've never tuned in before, I don't know where you've been hiding, but I'm glad to have you now. Check out our homepage at FroWrestling.com where you can preview all the topics coming to our show. You can check out the Indie Events tab where we love to support independent wrestling. Tons of local shows on the Indie Events tab. My blog is there in Fro's Corner with my own pieces, as well as all of our interview series at the bottom of the page, all the different talents that we have interviewed over the last three years of doing the show. So, if you are new to the show and you don't know what to ask, you don't know what to talk about, we have a venue for that. There is a sign-up on the webpage now, so you can get into a mailing list through the Fro Wrestling Podcast and find out when we have big events coming. By the way, this year... It's going to be our third anniversary. We're looking to plan a big show for you guys closer to the end of the year. More details on that in the coming weeks and months. We look forward to that. Should be very exciting. So let's get right into the news for the day. Raw was a little bit below my expectation. I expected so much more with the Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins thing. More physicality, more than just running somebody over outside the ring. Kind of boring for me. When you look at the Universal Championship, let's be honest. We still haven't seen that title defended on Raw in a very long time. You know, we, we had people who complained all the time about Brock Lesnar and how he was not a fighting champion. And, you know, here's the main championship for a brand that's never actually on the brand. Now, I get it. Seth Rollins is on the show. But every once in a while, put the title on the line. Even if it's against somebody who has absolutely no chance of winning. Put it against Mike Bennett. Give him some screen time, let him get the rub from wrestling with the Universal Champion, and putting on a great match. See, I think WWE sometimes forgets how incredible matches like the 1-2-3 Kid versus Bret Hart were back when the Kid was almost a nobody. You know, he had the big win over Razor Ramon or whatever, but nothing too spectacular. And he got the opportunity to have some screen time with Bret Hart and they put on a clinic. You need to do that with other talents. It gives you an opportunity to give some credibility to people who are not in the main event picture. And you can capitalize on that later. But now, in this past week's Raw, one of the most interesting parts about the show is, apparently the reports are out that these promos on Raw, specifically... Bailey, Sasha Banks, people like that, as well as Rey Mysterio, were less scripted than normal. Maybe some bullet points here and there, but not a full script, which is something WWE's been doing for a significant amount of time now, is pretty much fully scripting promos. And the problem with that is, is you have great people who can talk and do everything they need to do, who don't need a promo written for them, and we don't let them do that. WWE is very much against letting them do that. So, doing this non-scripted promo thing on Raw, maybe it's a test maybe they just want to see who really has the ability to do that on the fly and they can maximize that on future shows which i think the fans would love to see because it feels more authentic and organic but uh, this was a nice way for them to start tampering with the idea of the less scripted promos i like that more WWE news this week. Ric Flair and WWE having controversy brewing between the two. Anybody who's anybody in the wrestling world knows Ric Flair from the 1970s all the way till now has always put out the phrase, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And he's actually patented that phrase. And he's always been the man. You got to beat the man. You got to beat the man. And then when he left the business as an active contributor, Becky Lynch put out a post, you know, short time ago, really, in the grand scheme of things, calling herself the man, and it took off, like hotcakes on wildfire, and now WWE capitalizes on that with t-shirts and memorabilia, Becky's whole character being built around being the man, you know, air quotes, 
And the issue is, is Ric Flair filed a copyright on the term The Man. And now he wants WWE. He says, I have no problem with Becky Lynch using the phrase, but I want WWE to pay me for it. Now, I look, I get it. You created this character in the 1970s. And it's been alive for a very long time in the wrestling world. So I get it. I understand that completely. Here's the problem I have. Ric Flair, I think, sometimes forgets where his bread is buttered. And what I mean by that is, when Ric Flair was riding off into the sunset and he had his retirement match against Shawn Michaels, WWE knew he still needed to have an income and they offered him a six-figure contract to be an ambassador for the company. He kept it for a short time before he left and ended up going to Impact and things like that. But they had his back. And then when he signs his Legends contract, they always find a way to kick that guy a con- a, a, some kind of contract, give him a paycheck of some kind. And this just seems so disingenuous to me that a guy who's really, since the NWA days, he's made the biggest impact in WWE. And they've always found a place for him and a way for him to be a part of the show. They've Heck, they brought his daughter in and made her a megastar. Not that it wasn't her skill set, but let's be honest, she got her foot in the door because of her dad. All these things that has been brought to Ric Flair and his family, and then you're going to go nickel and dime them over the phrase, the man. Are we serious right now? Because let's be honest, Ric Flair isn't the man anymore. And that was what the promo was always about. To be the man, you got to beat the man. What, do you want to pay him to go out on stage and have her beat the snot out of him and then she takes the name? I mean, at some point, you got to give it up, dude. Seriously. You know, you, Ric Flair will not be the man in 30 years. In 30 years, a lot of the young kids are going to be like, who, Rick who? Not that he's not going to still be influential, because we still remember people like, you know, Vern Gagne and, and, and Lou Thez and all that. Yeah, diehards remember that. But mainstream people, by then, other people have come and gone, and Ric Flair will fade. I'm not saying he'll go away. He'll always be on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. But he won't have the same impact as somebody that we don't even know about yet in 30 years. So you can't say, okay, he's just going to be the man. Look at Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Nature Boy Ric Flair came along and took his catchphrase. I don't remember there being lawsuits over the Nature Boy name. They had a match a couple times just to argue the battle of the Nature Boys. Nature Boy Blood Buddy Landell came out and there was no lawsuit. But now we're going to argue in your 70s about the man. I just think it's a little strange. Rob Van Dam in the news this week, re-signing a contract through January with Impact Wrestling. I actually got comments when Rob Van Dam first came back to Impact Wrestling. We covered it here on the podcast, and I got one guy who posted on uh, YouTube or Twitter or one of those places complaining about, like, who cares about Rob Van Dam? Well, I'm going to tell you who cares about Rob Van Dam. Real wrestling fans appreciate any wrestler who goes out and gives it their all and tries to entertain in any way possible. Rob Van Dam has always been that guy. He is also a guy who always takes time for the fans. He'll sit there and have a 20-minute conversation with you even though he's got plans because he's just a really cool guy. That whole like cool dude attitude guy that was on TV, that really is him. And so when you look at the people over the years, you go to these conventions, the WrestleCons and things like that, uh, StarCast, and you see some of these old, wily veterans who, when they were younger and they were superstars, you'd walk up to them and try to get an autograph and they'd blow you off. I'm not going to name names because Lord knows if I ever get the opportunity to interview some of those guys, I'm still going to take the interview. But there were always guys who blew you off and were like, dude, I ain't got time for you. 
I watched a guy who totally trash talked like a seven year old girl who was decked out in his attire because he thought it was too much of an, a nuisance to sign an autograph for this young lady who had waited in a hotel lobby for four hours just to say hi to the guy. So some of these guys, real tchotchkes when they're younger, and then they get older and Somehow they're adored, but then Rob Van Dam, somebody who's at his age still trying to compete at a high level and deliver on great performances, and I get, who cares? Well, I care. And really diehard fans, people who appreciate the contributions of different talents, they care. And let's face it, I live near the Philadelphia area. ECW fans care. So I'm thrilled to hear that he's signed with Impact Wrestling through January. I hope he gets to have a few more of those matches you never thought you'd see, like with Eddie Edwards or something like that. Uh, Put him in a match with people like Moose. You know, they did that once. Do it again because the match was great to begin with. Put him in there with anybody you can. Falaba. Think about that as a weird match. Rob Van Dam and Falaba. Just put him out there with all the top talents in Impact Wrestling. And see what they can do. Because I think you'd be surprised at some of the skill set that even at his advanced age, he still puts out there every single night when he goes out to wrestle. And I think it's a great thing for them to sign him. Now, I know Impact Wrestling is still negotiating with Access Television. That was in the news this week as well. We were trying to get a time slot, trying to get a deal done. They were hoping to have something done by the start of the summer. Didn't come together. It's taking a lot longer than they would have anticipated. But you have to understand something. They sales pitched their product back when it was garbage to everybody and nobody wanted it now if you're unless you're a diehard wrestling fan who has the pursuit network you may not be aware of just how good impact wrestling has become in the last year and it is great it really really is signed some premier free agents puts their championship on some legitimate people um, built some really great storylines even their knockouts division is better than it had been probably since the awesome Kong Gale Kim era. I mean, I would love for anybody to tell me the last time someone the caliber of Tessa Blanchard, Taya Valkyrie, and even Gail Kim for her sporadic appearances because she's supposedly retired but sort of not every once in a while gets in the ring. You know, I've never seen them ever have the kind of depth that they have right now. Even going back to Gail Kim Awesome Kong era, for those who were huge long-term Impact Wrestling fans, back those two were the first ladies to main event a wrestling television show, and they tore the place down in one of those no-holds-barred matches. It was incredible. But they were like the only two like megastar, megastar, super talented actual wrestlers on the roster. You've got more than that now. Tessa Blanchard's insanely incredible. She's probably going to be the first female Impact World Champion, which honestly, on a personal level, I wouldn't do, but I think they're going to do to make her as popular as they can she's the women of wrestling champion she's uh the rena reyes champion down in AAA. the girl just is she's the belt collector i feel like you know someday wwe is going to be kicking themselves because they had her she was you know ready to go with may young classic and all that stuff and they let her get away and they've got to be kicking themselves in the pants now because she is arguably the best female wrestler on the planet and impact wrestling has her and that's something that nowadays if you're a big fan like we are and you watch on the pursuit network or you do whatever you have to to acquire their product you might be aware of how great they are access television may not they might have no idea who she is so hopefully they get something done i know last week there was a conversation about enzo and kaz xl or enzo and big cast going back to wwe triple h shot those rumors down he said and no interest absolutely not I want you guys to understand something. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that Enzo and Cass are headed back to WWE. I'm not. Let me make that very clear. I would put their chances of going back to WWE at maybe 25%. But if you're Triple H, right, and you're doing this big debut of NXT, 
And the night that you're going to go head-to-head with the debut of AEW on October 2nd, I would put something incredibly special out there. Now, I'm not saying that Enzo and Cass are incredibly special, but... With their mainstream appeal, the controversy that they've had going on for the last year or so, especially following how crazy things got at Ring of Honor and all that, I think it would not be a bad thing for them to appear on the show. Have something where Triple H totally denied interest because you want the shock value. It's hard in 2019 to get shock value anymore. You really got to like sneak people into the arenas and in like the trunks of cars and all that stuff to even try to get somebody into the building for a big surprise because so many people leak information in WWE, in AEW, in everywhere anymore. And it really hurts for the fans' perspective, their ability to see these shocking moments. Hopefully, if they do bring them in, I hope they have a much better attitude. Everything I've seen from Enzo lately has been very complimentary of WWE, very thankful of WWE for everything they've done for him, but he likes his freedom. So maybe there is no truth to this. KazXL, same thing, really wants to mend that fence and feels like that he left on terms that he could someday come back. Maybe this is the time, maybe it's not. Now, Triple H denies it. I don't know if I believe him or not. I would try to keep it under wraps if I was going to do it. So maybe they show up. Not quite sure. I'm still not going to be surprised if they show up and end up being Chris Jericho's mystery tag team partners at the debut. I know everybody in the world thinks it's going to be LAX now or whatever they're going to call themselves now that they debuted with Impact or with AEW. But I think now that they've already debuted, it would be kind of a lackluster appearance. We already know they're there. If they hadn't shown up at All Out, then it would have been shocking, surprising, and awesome. Now it's kind of like the expected thing. So if I was AEW, I would do something different on purpose. WWE makes a big announcement today. They have signed King Cuerno, also known as El Hijo de Fantasma. He is an incredible, incredible luchador. Lucha Underground superstar, AAA, CMLL. He's been everywhere that Mexico has to offer. He is a great, great, great talent. He is somebody you can put in there with someone like Ricochet, and they can really tear the house down. Now, my understanding is he's at the Performance Center, and that's where he's supposed to stay. Is at the Performance Center and in NXT for a while but this is a guy if groomed properly can really be a contributor on the main roster now with nxt going to television maybe that's not the goal maybe you want nxt because triple h said it last week you know these nxt is no longer the minor leagues it's a third brand it's equivalent to raw and smackdown in his eyes maybe not vince's because vince isn't as hands-on with nxt but triple h views them as being another main event product and maybe that's why you keep him there because he really is incredible and i'm curious to see what they do with him and they were they're just in acquisition mode again good for wwe a lot of people hate it that they acquire so much talent and don't use them properly but for those wrestlers it has to be somewhat of a relief sometimes to get some of the financial stability king cuerno was wrestling virtually nowhere because he wasn't allowed because of that lucha underground contract now he's finally free and he can make a decent living and you got to expect that he's getting paid a little more than your average nobody who never has any wrestling experience. So good luck for him. Hopefully he does well. Somebody who is not doing so well, Casey Catanzaro. The word came out she is potentially leaving WWE. At first it was stated that she already was released. Not the case. She's leaning that direction. WWE is under the impression that's what's going to happen. She got hurt. She hurt her back. And now she's talking about how she... Uh, wants to take a step away from professional wrestling because she doesn't like the injury thing. But let's be honest, 
You know, that's something she knew coming into this thing, and she still pursued it. And then she posted a tweet the other day about what her aspirations are, and they sounded very much like she might be staying in the wrestling world. I don't know what to expect now. I'm hoping she's okay. I'm hoping she stays um, and has the opportunity really to contribute in a big way to the the product down the road. I thought when she came out at the Women's Royal Rumble, I thought she did a great job, especially with such limited experience. I'm sure if she wanted to, she could return to American Ninja Warrior and do just fine. But I really think WWE fans were so excited to have someone who's a true athlete come in in the female division and offer something different. And I'm hoping that she's going to be okay and can still do that, although the odds are heavily stacked against that at this point with the reports that have been coming out. Ring of Honor, speaking of reports coming out, they may be in trouble. Matt Taven, the current Ring of Honor champion, his contract is set to expire at the end of September. Marty Skrull's contract expires in November. That's two of the biggest wrestlers in your company. And if you remember, Jay Lethal probably has his contract coming up in either January or February of this coming year. If I remember correctly, he signed a two-year extension two years ago or almost two years ago. So they're going to have some serious contracts coming due. And if AEW debuts on TNT and gets a great response, tons of viewership, it's going to make it even harder for Ring of Honor to retain talent. Now, I know some of the guys they've locked down, Michael, or I'm sorry, not Michael Elgin. I was thinking of Michael Elgin from Impact Wrestling. But um, Jeff Cobb is one of the guys. Um, Bandito, people like that. They've tried to lock into like longer-term contracts. But those are the guys who are probably going to be the ones who step in and take over should these two guys leave. Marty Skrull, if you, you could just see the writing on the wall. It is perfectly set up for him to go to All Elite Wrestling. Let's face it. He stayed with Ring of Honor, signed a contract, stayed there for a year, and I think his hopes were he was going to be a main event star. And I guess you could make the argument maybe he has been a bigger star than he had been previously, but he's not the world champion. And you would have thought for being the one guy who didn't go with the elite to all elite wrestling that you would have rewarded him with the world championship as a thank you for doing Ring of Honor a favor and giving legitimacy to their product for the last year. Instead, Never won the world title. The six-man title thing is a joke to begin with. So, like, what are we doing here? I think he's going to go, and he's going to go to All Elite Wrestling. When it comes to Matt Taven, I think they, you know, he's their world champion, but I don't think they view him as the top draw. I think they gave him the belt out of uh, almost like a, a duty to give it to the guy who's been so loyal to their company for so long. That's not always the best business decision, but he got his little run with the belt. I suspect whoever wins the number one contenders tournament that's going to be kicking off is probably going to take the championship from him in case he does leave. And if he does leave, he's somebody that All Elite Wrestling would probably jump on to scoop up and put in their division, or Impact Wrestling. I think either one of them would consider it a major coup to get him to sign with them. So we'll have to keep our eyes on Matt Taven, Mark Skrull, I think, is as good as gone. I think he'll be in All Elite Wrestling late November, early December. I really do. Uh, speaking of All Elite Wrestling, the big story of the week, everybody knows, the All Elite Wrestling Championship belt stolen from Chris Jericho while he was eating dinner at a long at, at, a, at a steakhouse, um, Longhorn Steakhouse. I did see some reports that came out said he was drunk out of his mind when it happened. I have not been able to corroborate that whatsoever. Police report does not indicate that he was intoxicated when he filed his report. Uh, there was a thing that came out that said that the belt went missing two hours before he reported it missing. And right away, all the wrestling marks and fans were like, oh, it's a work. You know, All Elite Wrestling is just trying to get publicity, so they're hyping up this thing that he lost the belt or the belt was stolen just to get publicity. Well, there was a legitimate police report filed and released by the police department. 
Now, if they were involved in a storyline and used public funds to do that, that could put them in, in, in a bad way. Now, then they find the belt, and the guy who finds the belt finds it on the side of the road, and he's not a wrestling fan. As a matter of fact, he couldn't care less. Um, the, it, the belt itself was insured. It was extremely expensive, over $20,000 for the belt. I think it was $29,100, something like that, for the championship belt. That's a that's an incredible belt, if it really is legitimately worth that much. It was insured, so they would have gotten re, uh, reimbursed either way. But they found the belt. He's got the belt back. I think you worked that into some storyline now. But apparently, it was not a work. It was a legit shoot. Somebody picked up and walked off with the belt. Or maybe he dropped it out the window in the in the limo or something like that. I don't know. Absolutely ludicrous story, though. You win the championship and then you lose it at Longhorn Steakhouse. I don't think you could even make up a story more ridiculous than that. Bellator in the news this week. Not that I do a lot of MMA stuff on this show, but Chris Cyborg has been teasing how she wanted to come to WWE so bad to face Ronda Rousey. And now instead, she leaves UFC, goes to Bellator, and signs the richest contract in the history of women's mixed martial arts. I don't know what Bellator was thinking. Maybe they think she's a huge draw, but she has mixed results in the cage. I don't know what they're expecting from her. I'm sure they'll push her to the top of their women's division. Bellator does what pro wrestling companies do. They sign somebody new, and they instantly give them like world championship opportunities, which I think is ludicrous. But if that's what they want to do with her, more power to them. Hopefully she makes her money and gets them some ratings, because otherwise this was a bad investment. I thought she really wanted to do the WWE thing and uh, get in a ring with Rousey. And I think that she now has probably missed out on that ever being possible all the years people wanted to see those two in some form of competition now it's probably the doors probably slammed shut on that ever taking place wwe draft it's being brought back they're saying it's going to happen in october um it has to do with the relaunch of uh smackdown on fox um, I think that is very much important and not to do a superstar shakeup, but to actually do a draft and they should do it right away. Like a legit, like they did the first time, start from the beginning and literally draft players for each show. You could do it on the launch if you wanted to. Now the rumor is they want to do it later in October, but what they should do is do their launch, have everybody on their son on that show and then announce the draft is coming. And then that episode would also be a huge ratings boom and legitimately draft in front of everybody. You know, just because Seth Rollins is on Raw, he could get moved to SmackDown, bring the Universal title to SmackDown. WWE Champion gets moved over to, to, to Raw. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Just do something special and unique for the draft to really bring attention and fresh matchups to the brand. Now, here's the problem. When they keep doing the Stupidar Star Shake-Up, they move so many people that you get the same matches just on a different color brand. That's ludicrous. You know, I don't need to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens anymore. I really don't. But I want to see firm rosters, two brands, two networks, and two creative teams that have nothing to do with each other except for at the Royal Rumble and at the Survivor Series. Otherwise, draft separate and really cultivate some cool brands because that's what i think people want to see i did want to touch on i got a question unnamed person I, I really wish people would give me their name when they send in questions guys i want to give you credit for this stuff but i got a question about the pro wrestling illustrated uh releasing the pwi top 500 for 2019 seth rollins coming in first place i saw certain people even one of my absolutely amazing wonderful co-writers at TSJ Sports, Ashley Sweetly. Shout out to you, Ashley. 
Nothing but love for you. But she was so not into Seth Rollins being the number one guy on the list. I saw her posting on Twitter. She has no idea. I was reading her Twitter feed. I saw her complaining about it. And I get it. Some people feel like Seth Rollins has almost taken over where Roman Reigns left off. And he's being crammed down your throat. But let's be honest. Like The schedule that guy keeps. The talented opponents he's wrestled in the last year. The championships that they've given him. And I say they've given him because let's be honest. It is a scripted exhibition so you know they pick who the champion is so if he got the belt it's because somebody in wwe thought he was worthy of having those championship runs remember tag team championships intercontinental championships universal championships all in the same year that's big stuff headlining wrestlemania winning royal rumbles like all that kind of stuff that's huge so i have no problem with him being number one the issue is when you look at the rest of the top you say five top ten I have issue with Kazuchika Okada being anywhere but number two. Okada and and, and 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 Seth Rollins, to me, is the number one dream match in wrestling right now. That's just my opinion. I could be, you know, people could debate that with me all they want. If you're on Twitter right now, feel free to tweet a reaction to that. If you're using a streaming service to listen to this right now, feel free. Put it in the comments. Tell me who you are. I'll give you a shout out. But, like, that's how I feel right now. Seth Rollins and Okada are the best there are in the business. After that, AJ Styles, how can he not still be at the top of the, the, the food chain? People are complaining about AJ Styles being at the top of the list. How? Who is better in the ring? Look, I know it's sports entertainment, but it's kind of like if we were doing an all-time top 500, where does Hulk Hogan really go? Can you really put Hulk Hogan over Ric Flair? Absolutely not. Was he a bigger draw? Yes. Did he put more butts in seats, as JR would say? Yes. Was he main event of more WrestleManias than Ric Flair? Yes. But the PWI 500 is the best wrestlers in the world. Ric Flair is clearly a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Shawn Michaels is a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Bret Hart is a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Seth Rollins is a better wrestler probably than anyone in the world right now, except maybe Kazuchika Okada. And if I'm wrong, and that's purely my opinion, I, I look, it's it's opinion. It can't be wrong, but it can be debated. Feel free, debate me on Twitter, debate me on the streaming service. But that's just how I feel based on what I see in the ring. I have some people who say, listen, he's got the same moves every 30 seconds, every match. I get it. But it's not about what move set you have. John Cena made a career out of five moves. Hulk Hogan made a career out of like three moves. It's not about that. What he does is precision. It's very clinical. You know, Triple H always talked about people's impeccable timing and how important that is in the ring. Seth Rollins has all of that. He's increased his quality of mic work over the last year and the whole rub with Becky Lynch and everything else. Everything has been positive. The only thing that I would have seen as being controversial but acceptable to put over Seth Rollins would have been Becky Lynch. Let's imagine that, putting Becky Lynch as the number one wrestler in the world and and integrating the women into the men's top 500. Hey, it's 2019 with all this equal stuff. Why not do that? But that's just a suggestion for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, who, by the way, we advertise on our website, so they can't complain too much. They get free advertising from us. But I actually like the PWI 500. If for no other reason, I love to go down the list, see names that I'm not familiar with, and then look them up on YouTube and watch a match of theirs. It gives you a new perspective on people you never knew about. 
Moving right along, update on Sheamus's WWE return. He thinks he's ready to go now. He works out with his Warrior workouts. He says he's ready to go at any time. He's waiting for a phone call to do that, and they just simply haven't given him one. And it's really a shame, but at the same time, WWE's trying to look out for him. He has spinal stenosis in the neck. He had the concussion issues after WrestleMania. They're looking out for him, but it seems almost as though they're so worried about lawsuits that they don't put anybody back in the ring if they take certain types of injuries anymore. And let's be honest, if Sheamus wants to wrestle, how can you prevent him from earning an income? Now, I know he gets his downside guarantee or whatever, but it's not the same. He wants to entertain the fans. He wants to be a part of the product for as long as he can be healthy let the guy go in the ring or let the guy go and let him go elsewhere because I guarantee you AEW would scoop him up in a heartbeat and if they say they wouldn't they're lying because he'd be such a draw on their program you know if you're going to pick up Sean Spears you're certainly going to pick up Sheamus okay but it sounds like he is ready for a return but WWE just hasn't made that happen somebody WD, the AEW has scooped up is Dustin Rhodes signing a multi-year deal with them as well as including the opportunity for him to be their trainer in whatever he capacity that will be at some point I don't expect they're going to put together a uh, performance center but he will be training new talents and things of that nature as well as being an in-ring performer he also wants a shot at the world champion which i gotta be honest they talked about the main event at the next pay-per-view being cody versus chris jericho based on win-loss records and all that kind of stuff and i appreciate that they want to stick to that but when you have dustin rhodes out on social media saying he's coming for the world championship and you don't put him in that match let's look if you give chris jericho the championship and you have him lose it in his first match to cody that looks shady as all sin but if cody loses he looks weak against chris jericho who was getting all kinds of flack from people about being too old to be the inaugural champion you put dustin rhodes in the exact same scenario he's older than chris jericho he's also somebody who is believable to get beaten by chris jericho and you're not squashing a new star now yeah you could say oh he's taking a spot from a younger guy it's the tv program it's not the pay-per-view it's their debut tv program with an aging veteran who's getting that one last shot at the championship and he gets close but he doesn't win it i'd be okay with that because then you could still do the cody match at their next pay-per-view but they didn't do it that way so we'll have to keep our eyes out and see what happens. I would have given Dustin Rhodes the opportunity to main event just one time um, and see how that would have gone over. I think the fans really appreciated his work, his last two appearances. So I think missing the boat, but whatever. We'll have to wait and see how things turn out. There are estimates that AEW's all out. It, it, when all numbers are calculated, whether it's actual pay-per-view buys, streaming services on Fight Network, etc., etc., that they're looking at roughly 100,000 buys for all out, which is a very good number. When you consider the number of buys WWE gets nowadays, even when you uh, count the, the subscribers on the WWE Network, look, I get it, they got 2 million subscribers or whatever, that doesn't mean everybody tunes into the pay-per-view. So you calculate a certain percentage, you also think about how many people actually are buying the shows, and 100,000 buys is a, good, is a good show for WWE, especially if it's an off show. Now, I, don't get me wrong, All Out should have been a big show for AEW, but it's not WrestleMania, let's be honest, it's really not. I think Double or Nothing was their best shot at that. And Double or Nothing got better reviews and better uh, better viewers. Um, but as the time goes on, and if they keep the decent storylines going, they'll build that pay-per-view buy number. And they'll start getting higher and higher and hopefully be a legitimate uh, brand of preference. I love seeing everybody at StarCast talking about, there's no need to pick. Just watch it all. You know, watch everything that's out there. If you're a diehard fan, watch it all. Kenny Omega... He's one guy who I love watching. You know where I'm not going to be seeing him? Wrestle Kingdom 14. Apparently, 
He's not in negotiations with New Japan, New Japan at all. He's going back and doing stuff with uh, DDT Pro, but he's not going to be doing anything with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he spent so much time. Uh, but this is going to be the first time in a long time that we don't see Kenny Omega at a Wrestle Kingdom show. So sad to see him go, but necessary. Uh, however, the new the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax, you know, the thing that just wrapped up a few weeks ago, we got to see Kota Ibushi win. He'll get his shot at Wrestle Kingdom 14 at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Well, next year they're moving it. The G1 Climax is going to take place in the fall because we got the Summer Olympics taking place in Japan, and they're afraid that all the venues that you would use for the G1 Climax will be sold out because of the Olympics. Instead, they move it to the fall, which, if you know anything about New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have certain pay-per-views that take place at certain times throughout the year. That could screw with that. But otherwise, good idea, and I think it should be more of a permanent move so you can really build momentum closer to January when Wrestle Kingdom takes place. I think moving it closer is a very good idea. And I think, in some weird way, the Olympics is giving them something fantastic to do in the future. I didn't get the chance to say last week, congrats to Finn Balor, just got married. Happy wedding, all that fun stuff. Get back to TV soon. Bring the demon back. Attack uh, the fiend. Have a great feud. But uh, congrats to Finn Balor. He and his new lovely bride. And hopefully nothing but happiness for them for years and years to come. That's all the time we have for this episode. Check back with us next episode. Make sure we get to run down all the latest wrestling news and rumors. Special thanks as always go out to bensound.com and purpleplanet.com for producing all the music and sound effects we use in our shows. Today's podcast is sponsored in part by Bezel Games. Bringing a new friend to family game night is easy with sketchy people. Showcase your artistic side in this game by going to frowrestling.com and clicking the icon in the middle of the screen to pick up your copy today and alleyrepair.com contact alley repair today for servicing of all your classic skee-ball pinball and arcade game needs if you're looking for your next career move you're considering college university life or you just need some formal training for your next career decision go to our sister website at frolifeplanning.com for all your higher education needs as fro life educational planning is for today for tomorrow and for life with fro life I'm Fred Froelich, better known as Mr. Fro. I want to thank you for taking some time with us this evening. Make sure, if you haven't before, swing by www.tsj101sports.com for their latest articles on the world of pro wrestling. Swing into my blog, Infro's Corner at ProWrestling.com. Check out the Indie Events tab, support local indie wrestling. And until next time, everybody, have a safe and wonderful evening. We'll talk to you soon. 